Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Phileas Club. This is episode number 13 for the month of May 2009. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Phidias Club, the show where we talk about world news with people from around the world. My name is Patrick Beja, I'm in France, and with me today is a shorter panel than we usually have. So this is probably going to be a shorter show than we usually do, although I probably shouldn't be... Uh, to uh, promise something like that because I never <laughs> actually deliver. Um, the panel is only Turkey. And that's nice because we're going to have a, a nice little short and sweet show. How are you doing, Turkey? I'm good. And let's see if you can make this short. <laughs> well, you know, with, with it usually the longer uh, the show, I mean, the more people we have, the more uh, the show gets out of control. So I'm pretty confident that we can have a shorter version today. But let's see how it goes. Um, and let's get, get into it straight away um, with the first. Oh, by the way, before we get into the show, if in case you don't know, in case you haven't been listening before, Turkey comes to us straight from Saudi Arabia. I don't know if anyone would would not know that, but if they don't, then well, now they do. First <laughs> order of business before we get into more. Um, uh, sizable stories. We've been hearing that the financial crisis is, well, maybe not over, but at least we're at the bottom of the pit. And the signs are here that things are going to start uh, to get better soon. We've been hearing about this a lot in France. I think in the US they've been uh, discussing it too. Do you, do you think that's the case? Turkey? How do you see it from the Arab world? And, uh, from the Arab world, we'll know that it ended when you get a job. <laughs> you as in me, personally? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so you mean the Arab world is looking at me to, uh, <laughs> to know how the crisis is going? Yes, we're keeping track of you. <laughs> That's not surprising. Um, but no, seriously... Well, the, our world is, uh, I don't know, they're they are not really keeping that much track on it because... Uh, yeah, you're um, rich most... anyway, you have too much money, you don't know what to do with it, so... <laughs> no, that's not the reason. The reason is that uh, most people here were not affected by the crisis as uh, badly or as much as most countries in the world because uh, uh, our economy that, uh, was not... Uh, linked directly with any of the crisis that's going on. Well, we we I remember we discussed it a little bit, but um, you're you're 
economy relies on on the sell uh, selling of uh, petrol of gas. So well, we're we're talking about uh, two levels of economy. We have uh, you have the petrol and gas, of course. That's that's the income that the government gets, and we've had very high prices the last uh, year or two. It went up to 140. So there is an overflow of cash for the government just because of that. So this crisis, uh, if, as long as it doesn't get too long. It wouldn't really put any much uh, negative effect on our economy from that point of view. All right. Well, so I guess you're safe for now. Yeah, uh, for now. Yeah. Well, you're probably going to be safe because I, I think uh, the people who think the economy is com coming uh, is becoming strong again are it's it's a consensus mostly. So I don't know. Maybe that's the picture I'm getting from France. But uh, our our um, outcome is probably tainted in in France, especially because. Uh, the the way our country is structured, we feel uh, less of the effects of the slowing down of the economy, but we also feel less of the uh, starting up again. So I don't know whether we should be happy or not about the whole thing, because when the economy starts again, we're going to have people unhappy about the fact that we're not getting the benefits. So mention it. Economy and France. Just remembered, I saw there, there's a show on Al Arabiya News Network here, in, uh, and it and it's part of the show. They have this show they called Mahatat, or which translates to stations, and they cover different uh, simple stories from around the world. And apparently, they were ta they specifically talked about Paris and French people in Paris and how they're reacting to the poor economy. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What did they say? Well, they they interviewed a few people, and apparently, people are being more careful about what they're buying, looking around for best better prices. Uh, I think you have some. I forgot what uh, supermarket chain that buys the old and overstocked products and resells it at lower prices. Oh, I I haven't heard of that. Um, yeah. But I think that's pretty much the attitude of everyone, and that's what's been uh, making the economy get worse. People are keeping their money and making sure that uh, they, ca you know, that things get better before they spend. So, well, that's the vicious cycle that we've been in. But I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get out of it soon. Hopefully, you know, the the nice weather is coming back. People are getting more happy, and uh, maybe they'll start spending a little. What bit nice more. weather? Well, okay. Well, for you, it doesn't change much, but for us, we've had like two days of sun. One? <laughs> the two days of sun, and everyone's out in the parks and we, having we, fun. Already. We were enjoying thirty and twenty degrees, and now it's forty-five. <laughs> so maybe the the economy is going to start to worsen for you now. We'll see. Um, the other thing that's been making the news in uh, in France mostly is. Um, Well, there hasn't been any huge stories, I would say, but the uh, European election has been making the news because, ironically, people don't care. Um, the 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 uh, oh, how do you call it? The the amount of people who participate in the European election has been uh, has always been very low, and uh, people are are start trying to uh, make the voters aware that the elections are are going to happen on uh, June 12th and trying to get people to vote. And that's a, a difficult proposition. People don't really care. Um, 
one of the key issues that we've been discussing, though, when when uh, people say that it's an important uh, event, is the fact that um, some of the parties would like Turkey to become a part of the uh, European Union. And by Turkey, I mean the country, not you. Um, oh, and I, for a minute, I thought that was going to be part <laughs> of the Union. Um, and and uh, a lot of people don't want Turkey to become a part of the uh, European uh, Union. The, the thinking behind it being, um, well, the, the two schools of thinking are, <clears throat> if you include it, then you will open your arms to the Arab world and uh, make the European Union a more inclusive uh, organization and uh Be making it well aside from the fact that Turkey has been linked to uh, Europe historically, uh, you would also make it a gesture towards the Arab world, and uh, they think it's it's important to make that gesture. And the people who are against it think that Turkey has a different culture and a different history, and they think that the the for, to be effective, the European Union has to stop at. At one point, and we can't include anyone because once we include Turkey, then it opens the door to a whole a slew of other countries that w would have a legitimate claim um, to be part of the union. So I guess both uh, arguments as, are valid. And uh, so, so what does Turkey have to do with Arabs? Well, you know, it's it's I w I should say Middle East more than Arabs, um, but you know, it's it, from the European Union. I mean, from the Europe, Turkey is seen as, definitely as part of the Middle East and not as part of Western Europe. Uh, and uh, I think it's a fair point, but uh, m what I was interested to know was how you guys in the actual Arab world uh, would see that issue. Do you see? Do you think Turkey would have a legitimate claim to be part of the of the EU, or do you see it as part of the the Middle East more than the Western Europe uh, that we are part of? We wouldn't care. <laughs> okay, that's very helpful. No, it's serious. Turkey is a completely different culture. They speak a different language. They have a different culture. We have nothing related to them. Really? That's, really, that's really, actually a little really bit surprising to me. Because we really don't really care that much. It's so if, if we ask you, so do you think it should be part of the EU, you're going to say whatever? Yeah. Okay. Wow. You can that's ask anybody here and that's the response. What do I care? Well, they can be the part. They don't want to. They don't want to. It's not going to affect us in any way. Okay. So have you been covering the uh, European elections or not at all? Uh, maybe I mentioned now and then. And uh, when it comes to Turkey, the only thing that people would talk about joining the EU is just because it's an Islamic country. That's well, the only aspect of the whole thing that people would even look at. You mean in, in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, in our world in general. Okay, so if so, let's uh, talk science fiction for just a second. There, if Turkey joins uh, the EU, do you think it would change the way uh, the Arab world looks at the EU, or would it really not affect? Because here we're talking, maybe they want, maybe they don't, and you don't care about that. But if it actually happens. Well, um, well, it's, it's a complicated thing to answer, and it really comes down to who you talk to, because it's it. Uh, uh, even though Turkey is a Muslim country, it still has a very strict 
and fundamentalist uh, secular government yes or system so in a way it's islamic and it's not islamic so when it joins there people will be divided some would see it when it joins the eu you know what it's it's the same thing it suppresses religion from state it uh, abuses muslims no wonder it joined the eu others mm. wouldn't at it well it is an islamic country so it might have influence on the eu things might improve so it really comes down to who you're talking to and how they look at turkey hmm. and by turkey you mean the country and not you again i'm sorry that that's no, I, i was talking about the bird not not the country. <laughs> <laughs> um okay well yeah i guess it's a little bit uh, disappointing that people don't really care about uh, the eu more I, i'm talking about people from the eu but to be completely honest i don't we, we it feels very foreign and uh it probably shouldn't but i'll make sure to go out and vote on uh, on june 12th and I you know you you, you european people have been doing a great job of doing this whole European Union, just the fact that we're talking about different cultures, different languages, all uniting under one flag. That's really impressive. We Arabs have been trying to do that for the last 50 or 80 years, and we're still failing. So, And we speak the same language, and we share the same culture. So, Well, I, actually, that. yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that it's a, a really uh, impressive achievement. I mean, it's easy to poo-poo the, the EU as ineffective or it gets in the way or whatever. You know, there's a lot of people who, who yeah, don't really... Just like I said, you, you should just look at it from the fact we're talking about countries that have different cultures, countries that have a different language, uh, somewhat of a different religions, some of them, and they were able to pass and do some things that countries who share the same language, share the same culture, share the same religion, are not even able to do even 1% of what you were able to do. Um, talking about this, uh, Sarkozy, our, our president in France, wanted to uh, uh, push for the uh, Union for the Mediterranean. Uh, and that was, he made a trip to the Middle East a few months back and trying to push for it. And it was pretty well received, I think. But I, we haven't heard about this uh, since then. Is is it moving along? Is there any chance that this is going to happen at some point? Or uh, as, as far as I know, there is some kind of union of that effect uh, right now. Uh, I don't know whether it's officially a union or is it just uh, a meeting that, happens every year of a group of countries but and it really doesn't uh, for as far as i can say i really can't tell because most of these countries especially france would concentrate on north african countries like algeria morocco mauritania right. Syria, libya and they're kind of a different uh, culture some way and a little far from us so but keeping track of it is a little difficult unless something really big happens mm, i see Okay, um, to, still in the Middle East, um, before we started the show when we were preparing, you, you talked about a story that I didn't really hear about from uh, Israel. And, uh, well, we've been hearing about the colonies issues and, uh, and things like that, but the one you, you mentioned was different, and it was about a new law that was uh, proposed and that was voted down. Can you tell us more about this? 
Yeah, well, this law was uh, proposed by the Israel Beitina party, which is an ultra-nationalist uh, party, the Liberman's party. And uh, basically, during the Israeli National Day, the Arab uh, Israelis uh, don't celebrate the creation of Israel. They actually cry on the downfall of Palestine. So they put out black flags and... Uh, so it's, it's uh, the National mourn. Day of, of Israel. It's the national... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they mourn during that day. Okay. The Arab Israelis mourn during that day. Many of them do that and, it's call, and they call it, they don't call it the Israeli National Day, they call it the Nakba, uh, uh, which uh, roughly translated into the disaster. Okay. So that day is a disaster for them. So apparently the ultra-nationalist uh, Israel Beitina uh, put a law. They want to condemn such acts, and they want to do two things. One, they want uh, all Israelis, and it's, of course they meant by all Israelis, they're really meaning all Arab Israelis, to swear uh, to take an oath of loyalty to Israel. And uh, anybody who celebrates the Nakba, uh, they want them to end up in jail for, I think, uh, the punishment would be for three years. Just for for us. Uh, three years? Seriously? Uh, yeah, seriously. Wow. If, if they, so if you don't take the oath, whoever you are, you're supposed to end up in jail. I don't know about the oath part. Uh, I'm not sure whether okay. you just end up in jail or you're kicked out of the country. I'm not sure exactly how this. But if you celebrate the Nakba, if you uh, mourn on the national day, you do end up in jail for three years. Okay, so that was the law that was proposed. Um, that was the law that was proposed. It uh, failed from the government. That, so it didn't, uh, there was yeah. an Israeli government committee, rejected the bill. So it's it's not officially hundred uh, percent out of the uh, killed yet. Okay, but uh, but it was rejected, so it might. Come it was back, rejected but... by a government committee. However, the Knesset or the parliament, the Israeli parliament, might try to revive it and vote on it. But you were you were telling me that the only party that uh, vote that voted for it uh, was the party of Lieberman in the government so... in the government. Oh, okay. So uh, Netanyahu's yeah. uh, um, government—the government, yeah, did not uh, approve of it, rejected mm -hmm. it. But so it, it's still kind of sensitive. Most likely, it's going to be thrown out because there was an, a lot of outrage from some Israelis, from Arabs, uh, from the U.S., from uh, human rights groups, and many people. But it seems really outrageous to even propose a, a law like this, and uh, it. I would think that they didn't really propose it just to, you know, to actually have it pass, but just to, for the sake of proposing something like this, you know, and having some press. Because I, I would never think well, that... No, it, no, no, it is, uh, we're talking about an extreme right-wing nationalist party that uh, actually, if they had the choice, they would kick every Arab Israeli from Israel and make it a 100% Jewish state. Right. Well, I guess I, I wasn't exactly clear. I, I would, my, my point was they didn't expect it to pass. Um, no, it was, it, uh, if memory serves me right, it did pass the reading in the Knesset. Okay. Yeah. 
so it did kind of pass. Hmm. That's why it went to the government committee to be studied. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. It is a little bit scary. Um, I guess it it uh, it uh, it provoked outrage in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it. Let's be honest. It's kind of complicated when it comes to Saudi Arabia. We are talking a country where, unless you're Muslim, you're not uh, a citizen. So, so you can see it's the people would see it from two point of views. People who actually think about it think there's nothing wrong of it as long as since we have something similar here in some way, oh, and people who don't think about it. Who are uh, who think about it in an emotional way would see it uh, in a different way. So, because I, I, from my point of view, it would have nothing to do with religion or pretty much any opinion. It would just be a human rights issue, and it's it's a, a very oppressive kind of law, which would not be an issue of of uh, one's religion, but. Well, from, actually, from it, it is in a way it is about religion because well, sure, its main target is the Arab Israelis, so which are mainly course. Christian and Muslims. Of course, my, my point is it it would be an issue whether you know it was about religion or anything else. The the idea that you have to swear an oath uh, to the country or you're kicked out would be a little bit uh, iffy, no matter where the law was proposed. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. But from But, but from your point of view, and by you I mean uh, Saudi nationals, um, you actually have a, a, a similar law since you have to be a Muslim to be uh, allowed to live in Saudi Arabia. So, To be a citizen of Saudi yes. Arabia. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, I haven't been following the news as closely uh, as I should have uh in the past few weeks, but I don't think we've heard a lot about this uh, specific law. And, and that's kind of surprising because we're very, um, uh, you know, we're very partisan. Well, I shouldn't say partisan, but we, Israel is a very hot button issue in, in France also. So I would have thought we heard about it, but maybe it, it, it's me who didn't follow enough. Well, um, uh, well it, it has been a big story here in, in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. It's been covered a lot. What we and did hear it, about, though, is the um, the uh, uh, return of the colonies and colonization uh, in Israel, and and pretty much everyone is against it now. Oh um, uh, yeah, the settlements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The settlements coming back is, but it was expected with the change of government. But I mean, I, I think every every Western government spoke out against it. Yeah, well, uh, actually, it's really becoming a very delicate situation since Obama uh, clearly opposes it and has been pushing very hard to stop it. Yes. So it's, it's kind of starting this uh, uh, problem between the Israel and the U.S. government, and it's really being a very sensitive issue. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's very delicate here in France too and and I don't think anyone approves of it except for the Israeli government. So well, we'll see how that unfolds in the coming months. Um anything also, else? Also we have we have the first French military base outside of France since the days of the colonies. Which one is that? They just opened a base in, uh, I think, last week or two weeks ago in Abu Dhabi. 
Oh yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, it it was in passing though. It wasn't that big a deal, but um I'm surprised not a big of a deal. That's your first uh, uh, base outside uh, France since the colonies. Yeah, yeah, we 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 did mention it, but I don't think it was a a, a controversy or anything. It's uh you know, fine, we're doing it. But I I don't Ah, uh, it it's deal. it's a big deal here. Really? Well, <laughs> it's a big deal here. Yeah. How? how well, did... you, you have to look at it from different angles. So you have that one angle is that we have an official base in an Arab country for a sure. foreign European country. You have also the other point of view where people look at it that this is a challenge against Iran. Hmm. And then you have the point of view this is a challenge against the U.S. <laughs> So, it's yeah. been a big deal. People have been talking about it a lot here. Well, I don't mean to da to downplay it. Uh, it it was obviously a um, a a story here, but um, I I don't think it was. Uh, we had other uh, issues that overshadowed it, probably. Um, and and maybe it's. A, do you have another story from uh, the international scene? Or do we? Uh, we have we have in Kuwait, they had their parliamentary elections, and for the first time in history of Kuwait, they uh, elected four women into parliament. Good thing, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> if you consider it's... the Kuwait parliament a real thing, it's a huge mess. <laughs> so do, do, that that's interesting, actually. To uh, again, I, I'm putting the spotlight on you a little bit, uh, a, a lot today. But uh, considering the um, the uh, the the women's rights in the Arab world and in Saudi Arabia, especially, um, I, I'm curious to know how they see it in in uh, Saudi Arabia. The fact that Kuwait has uh, four women in parliament. Well, as I said, it so it, it always comes down to, to who you talk to. Yeah, of course. course. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. a, a given. Yeah, yeah. So there are people who think it's a good thing. Uh, it's a start, uh, first step for Kuwait. Uh, our turn is going to come someday. Then you have those who say condemn this whole thing. Right. Women should not be in parliament. Or shouldn't, uh, women shouldn't lead and so on. So what, it comes down to who you speak to. What, what's the stance of the king? Does he express anything on this, uh, these issues? Or? Uh, the king is uh, somewhat of a moderate. So, and he has been pushing to put women in some uh, powerful positions and give them more opportunities. So it's a very sensitive move, so he's moving very, very slow, but he's still moving. For right, example, been, I mentioned, you've I mentioned been, you've before been mentioning that, that, he, that, that he is a, a very, uh, m well, rather modern on this issue, uh, on women's rights issues for, for a while here on this show, but um, I understand that it, it has, uh, if, I, I guess my question was, can he afford to be public about his support for these kinds of moves, or would it anger uh, a part of the country too much? No, it would anger part of the country. That's why he's very sensitive. He talks when he thinks he can talk, when he believes mm. the situation allows it. Uh, for example, I think well, I think it was two weeks ago, the king uh, celebrated the, the graduation of uh, uh, doctors and nurses, uh, 
that got credentials to work in Saudi, and most of them were Saudi doctors mm. and nurses, and they were male and female. And at the end of the celebration, he took a group photo. Oh, you broke out a little bit here. Uh, yeah. He took a group so, photo? With all the females. Oh, okay. And that's controversial? Of course it's controversial. Uh, he, he's taking a picture and like with what, I think, 100 females, there's no guys, and he's sitting, standing in the middle of them. Oh. So, um, you're, that's, you're, you that's have a, a big deal. Um, your, your mic is uh, acting up a little bit. I don't know what's wrong, but you have a little bit of... Yeah, I'm hearing something else. I don't know what's no. wrong. Strange. Um, well, to, to, to set the, uh, the, the frame here, maybe we should explain uh, what we were talking about just before we started the show, which is um, you, you, we were talking about going out and going to bars and stuff like that. And uh, you told me that you're, in, in Saudi Arabia, men are not allowed to converse with women even uh, with the fear that if they do actually have contact... Uh, it might lead up to friendship, maybe love, and then maybe sex, and that's, of course, prohibited outside of marriage. So to prevent that, they, men are not allowed to speak to women, right? Uh, not exactly speak to women, socialize with women. Okay, but if you, if you uh, meet a girl at a cafe... You're no, you can't have... meet the girl at a cafe. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that that sets the tone for um, for those things we're talking about with the in, in politics and the the women's right. And I think you have a a little bit more to talk about uh, maybe at the end of the show uh, about a comment that was made on the blog earlier uh, last month. Yeah. Um. um let... Two more stories. Okay. All right, the first one is the problems in Yemen. Uh, for those who don't know Yemen, Yemen used to be two states, just like Germany. There was a communist state and a non-communist state. And they got unified, I think, in 1994. Then they were tried to separate again, but there was a civil war and they got united again. And right now there's a movement in southern Yemen, the ex-communist state, for separation. Okay. So we might be seeing a civil war in Yemen soon. That's not good. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> if you, if you uh, didn't guess, I don't have a lot to say about Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is the southern Yemenis have been uh, uh, abused by the northern Yemenis who are tribes and who run the government. And they got, uh, and there's a higher percentage of an um, unemployment and uh, people living under the, uh, being poor and so on in southern Yemen more than the north. So there's an uprising going in there. Hmm. And it's really a big major story around in the Arab world because that would be uh, start a new civil war. Well, why do you care so much? Uh, for us, personally, Yemen is our southern border. That would make it important. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> and the last story you wanted to talk about it's about Iran. Right. And apparently there's this uh, 
for those who haven't heard, on Thursday, last Thursday, a mosque blew up. Apparently, a suicide bomber uh, blew himself in that mosque. Uh, apparently, he's a Sunni a suicide bomber. There's, uh, we have a minority Sunni population in Iran living mostly on the Gulf shores that are oppressed by the Iranian Shiite government. So this is one of their ultra-fundamentalist, radical opposition groups. And he blew up, blew himself in this mosque. There was a meeting for uh, supporters of Ahmadinejad, the current Iranian president, because right now Iran is getting ready for elections, presidential elections. So the real story about all of this, which is... um, taking too long to reach is apparently the bombing happened on thursday they caught uh, three people accused them of of helping the suicide bomber and they executed them on saturday yeah that of course it smells of demonstration of strength for the election i mean could they really have found them straight away and uh, whether they found us or not straight away, it's just not logical to execute them so fast. I'm a big supporter of the swift justice, but catching them on Thursday and finding everything out from them and getting them to court and judging them and execute them on Saturday, I just don't keep in mind. Friday, there's no court because it's an official uh, weekend. Okay, but what's what's the issue if they are if they are caught red-handed and they had like documents and plans of the mosque and we know that they are uh, they are they did participate. They, in did, that. they did not issue anything to show that they had anything against them. They just said they confessed. Okay, I I agree. I mean, it's obviously I, one could assume that it is uh, fabricated, but let's assume that it's not. If they did actually confess. What, why would you be against the fact, if you're for swift and strong justice, why would you think that one day is uh, because, worse because, than three because, days? Because I don't believe anybody would have confessed so easily when he knows the punishment would be death. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I actually would agree you, with you. but um, Would you confess when you know the fact that if you confess, you're going to die? It depends. If Jack Bauer is torturing me, maybe I would confess <laughs> to anything. Uh, I don't, just I, to make the pain stop. Yeah, there's just something so suspicious about this thing. And uh, if you want about something about punishment, Saudi Arabia executed a guy, I uh, think on Friday. And, after, and then they crucified him. What? Crucified? Yeah. Is that a standard punishment in Saudi Arabia? Uh, that's the ultimate punishment. What did he do? Uh, he uh, he worked in a in a small supermarket, and he got his hands on a small kid, dragged him inside, raped him, a small boy, uh, then choked him to death. And his, the father of the boy came looking for his son because he was late. He went inside. He saw his son. He tried to stop the guy. The guy killed the father okay. and ran away. Well, you and, made and they finally found the him. He, he resisted that arrest. And they finally caught him. And his punishment was 
get his uh, uh, chop his head off and crucify him in public for a few hours. Was he was he mentally ill or what? What a, is that even a concern? I guess not. But no, mentally ill. They do consider that. Oh, so he was found not mentally ill, or yeah, yeah, okay. So no, they do consider mentally ill. Uh, if he was mentally ill, they might have still beheaded him, but they wouldn't have uh, crucified him. Well, I'm tempted to say how nice of them, but the story is too uh, horrible <laughs> to be making tricks. Uh, just to clarify, crucifixion here doesn't mean we put him on a cross. Cru crucifixion is they tie the body against uh, like a tree or a piece of wood, and it's for a few hours. Okay. Well, I guess he doesn't really care. He's dead, but still... <laughs> No, I just um, don't want people would say, well, that's a Christian thing. <laughs> well, crucifixion has become a Christian f thing now, but yeah. it, it didn't used to be. Um, yeah. So, but, but the whole concept of being a cross, so they don't put him on a cross. So. Okay. Um, well, I guess we, we've transitioned into the local story, so I'll, I'll let you uh, keep going. Uh, is there anything else that was wonderful that happened in uh, your beautiful country? <laughs> worth of note are you being I mean, sarcastic here just a little bit it seems that every time we talk about something that happened uh, in saudi arabia it's about someone getting crucified or a woman getting uh, uh, stoned to death or i don't know hey, we, we have we never stoned the woman here i don't know it's it's the feeling that we get maybe that's the the bias i have even though let I me explain something about stoning a woman <laughs> okay that is part of the Islamic law. It happens maybe in Afghanistan, maybe in the tribal areas of uh, Pakistan. But it doesn't happen here because the Islamic law is very strict on this matter. First of all, you only stone a woman if she has sex and she's married. She's already married, so she's not single. Okay. First condition. Second condition, four people who are known to be wise and just, have witnessed the sex. Have witnessed? Witnessed the sex at the same time. And not only they don't... Uh, the witness doesn't mean that they find the man and the woman naked in bed. No, they actually have to see them doing intercourse. Okay. So what are the chances that would happen? <laughs> uh, probably slim. <laughs> Impossible. So, okay, I, I I was being a, a little bit over the top here, but I meant I meant you know stories about uh, little girls being married to old farts. Okay, and, uh, since we're talking about that, yes, that, that was sort of my segue into your right. chance to so, talk about the comments. So apparently, I think it was his name something McKaylee or something, some guy on the on on your blog. <laughs> was commenting about this whole thing for the last show. Yes, let, let's, re remind, uh, let's remind the people of what story it was uh, exactly. So the, the story was, the last story was uh, a mother went to court demanding that her 8-year-old daughter be divorced from her 50-year-old husband, who she got married to without the mother or the daughter knowing by her by the, the girl's father. 
Yes. And, and the whole deal about uh, the judge throwing the case out and coming back and so on. So CJ came on the blog and commented on this. Yeah. And first of all, I really found his comments offensive. First, uh, he, he apparently he's judging everybody, even though he claims he's not judging. But if you read the whole thing, he's judging a religion and a culture and people on the act of one person. Well, so that's... What? What what he's saying, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, he's saying that a country that allows things like that to happen is as guilty as um, the, the the guilty incident itself, because the Let's, country is allowing okay. this to happen. Okay, this is where I have the problem. People apparently, when they, uh, Europeans, Western people in general, they look at Saudi Arabia and they look at themselves. And they don't know that Saudi Arabia is only 75 years old. It's, it's, it doesn't have a history of a country, an old country like most of Europe and the U.S. So it's a brand new country. It's just adapting. Actually, we were still a tribal country 50 years ago. So officially, we haven't started to modernize this country. Less than 50 years ago, did Saudi Arabia start modernization. So unless he's going to call and condemn his ancestor, CJ, because I'm sure if, I, if we search his ancestors, we'll find a lot of small girls getting married to old men. <laughs> because this is a culture thing. The old days, a small girl marrying uh, a, uh, an old man was no big deal. So I don't know if, if they would get, you know, married at, well, maybe eight years old in some cases for uh, oh, political no, no. alliances. Eight, and yeah. Eight years old, nine years old, I'm sure of that 100%, and we can go and look through yeah, history. Yeah. It, it, it has fine. happened. But, yeah, but, yeah his, his point is it's happening today and it shouldn't. And what he's, he, he's and, saying is... And that's is, the point. He's talking about a country that's less than uh, 75 years old. You cannot judge the culture of a country that's 75 years old to a culture of a country that had 300 years to develop. Or more, because the U.S. actually came from... Uh, the from Europe, and they had the history yeah. of Europe yeah, behind them. Exactly. What, what exactly. I had a problem with in his uh, comment was the fact that we had a, a little back and forth on the blog, and you, and you might want to uh, go check it out yourselves uh, if you if you're interested. Um, what what I had a problem with was the fact that. He, he, as you said, he said that he doesn't judge the whole country or the whole culture. But he actually does, and um, and he he takes one incident and condemns a whole religion. It's very. I, I thought at least it was kind of religious, um, uh, religiously charged. He was behind his words. Maybe I'm misinterpreting here, but behind his words were the the idea that uh, Islam is not a good religion because of this. And what I have a problem with is that. You can take one incident in one context and generalize it for anything anywhere. And I'm sure that you can find incidents in, in the U.S. about or in, in Catholicism or pretty much anywhere and condemn hey, in the, the U.S. They just caught a man, arrested a guy who's been marrying, had, what, 20 wives, and he was marrying his own daughters also, and so on. So Yeah, so anyway. And I, he I think was a religious was, leader. 
I, I think the the which is not good. I mean, this example is obviously to be condemned, as is the example in in Saudi Arabia uh, that he was talking about. But the, the what I had a real problem with 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 the uh, general generalization, and you should be careful when when you judge a whole people on based on one incident. Now yeah. you can be critical of of a country and of the policies and the laws and everything like that, but. Take one extreme and judge everyone by that extreme, and you start getting into a very dangerous territory. And I agree with you on that. And that's the, and my second problem with him was him claiming that why nobody came out and said this was wrong and not part of Islam. And here's my question to CJ. CJ, do you speak Arabic and do you live in Saudi Arabia? Have you actually read Saudi newspapers or watched Saudi TV? How do you know nobody stood and said this is wrong and said it should stop in Saudi Arabia. So unless he's relying on CNN, which I doubt would cover every single thing happening in Saudi or even going to cover and post all the articles written in newspapers, I don't see how he decided that nobody in Saudi Arabia stood against this marriage. And, and what you're saying is that people actually did stand against this marriage. There were people who stood against it. The, we have a human rights uh, uh, organization here in Saudi Arabia, which is government, a government human rights organization, which completely opposed this and went on the record. And it's demanding that there should be an age, a fixed age for marriage in law. There were a, a few religious leaders, and there were religious leaders who supported the marriage. There were also religious leaders who came out in public and said, this is wrong, it should stop. We have also writers, newspapers, critics, uh, news anchors on TV, on radio, and people just posting their own personal opinions, whether it's online or on talk shows. So I guess it's good to clarify this part of the debate, too. But I think both points you made are, are very important. And um, a as I told CJ also, uh, cultural uh, relativ uh, relativism, I, g I hope it's a word in English, uh, cultural relativism, which is the idea that you can uh, excuse things if they happen in a different culture because you say, well, that's not the way they do things there, so, you know, we shouldn't judge it by our standards. Um, I agree that this attitude can be dangerous sometimes, but you shouldn't take it to the extreme Uh, the other extreme either so yeah yeah you, you you could judge another culture and you can say well that's wrong and you can look at your standards and say this is strong but you shouldn't condemn the no. condemnation is the wrong th no like you cannot condemn a culture for what it believes you well, can it depends let's that. For, you can for, argue with that culture you can argue with that culture you can uh, show your point of view have a discussion with that culture condemning a culture would never help getting your point through and it will never help to solve that problem that you have we have with that culture because trust me most people when they're condemned they 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 stick to their guns because they don't like being condemned i agree but that's a different uh way of approaching the issue if you're approaching it from a philosophical point of view and thinking what do you think of this then maybe you have a, a philosophical duty to say i am against it and if you're approaching it from a practical point of view when you actually want to achieve things then maybe you need to speak to people and actually uh get the dialogue going so that things can change no personally Which, even 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 on a philosophical you can say well i oppose 
I, I disagree. I think it's wrong. But to go out and you say, I condemn such an act, and when it's, it's, it's an act that's it's within that culture, and it's accepted within that culture and within that people, then you're, you are not helping. No, I agree. That but let's, let's take the example of the Taliban's who, uh, you know, are, apply a very strict version of the Islamic law and do things like uh, disallowing music or bird singing or, you know, do the, the whole burqa for women. And are, well, Where did you we, break we, out to bird, bird singing? Are you making things now? No, up? I'm not making it up. Uh, that, that's, no, that's, there's no such thing as bird singing forbidden, even in Taliban. Yes, there is. I'm nope. pretty well. We'll we'll uh, we'll look it up. And uh, there was a, 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 an event like this a few years ago, and it it might have been an isolated event. But uh, I mean, the the point is, they are very very strict, and the extremes that they go to inspire me a very clear um, a very clear condemnation. And 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 maybe it's not the same as Saudi Arabia, but in the in this case. I would understand that you do condemn. The, I mean, there are some cases where you have to say that is not acceptable. Uh, no, you see, there's a difference between what Taliban has done in Afghanistan, for example, because that I would agree to condemn. Oh, see, there you go. No, this is where the difference is. This is where the difference is. We're not talking about culture now or tradition or things. We're talking about a movement that moved in and demanded everybody to abandon what they were doing. It was never against the culture, and they started putting their own rules on it. So that's a completely different situation. It's not like, well, they lived like that and we're just coming now. No, they were living a different way. Then this group came in and they demanded everything should be changed. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, It was an oppressive so, political movement in a way, political slash religious yeah. movement. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's not a, basically a cultural thing. Uh, culture people were opening up there. Uh, women used to walk around freely there, and uh, some of them were oppressed, but some of them were moving freely. And then this view came in that they, well, we don't care what they used to live or how they lived. Hmm. We're going to force them to live in a specific way. It works the same thing uh, when it comes to Taliban Afghanistan. You have these, uh, if you remember the story of those two uh, gigantic Buddhist statues that yes. were built inside the mountains, they were there, they were Islamic empires uh, better Muslims than than Taliban for sure, even Taliban would confess they were better Muslims because they were closer to the days of the Prophet and uh, different Islamic rules and nobody even touched them yeah. and they allowed so, even Hindus and Buddhists or uh, Buddhists to go yeah. and worship there and then this movement comes in and they said no that's wrong we have to destroy so what, it what you're saying is the, the the case is different because they don't have the strength of the tradition and culture that justify uh, uh, the, the the their behavior so it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not it's the a same new, it's a new yeah. thought that came and invaded and try to impose its values. Okay. It's not that thought that is already built into this country or this culture. I understand. And we're, what you're they're trying to move away from it slowly. Okay, I guess we, we got away a little bit from CJ's comments here, but it was uh, an interesting uh, 
conversation to have anyway. And I hope that I don't think we're going to change CJ's uh, point of view on this. We we discussed it quite a bit uh, on the blog, and I think he's well, sticking uh, to well, his guns. But Patrick, uh, Patrick, we're not trying to change anybody's point of view. We just, if, for me, the whole thing is about having a healthy discussion. And I just had to give my point of view because I really felt offended by his uh, writing, what he wrote, and I felt that he was talking without even knowing, especially the part where he claims nobody in Saudi Arabia came out and said this is wrong and opposed it, because apparently he doesn't live in Saudi Arabia, he doesn't read <laughs> Arabic, he doesn't read our Saudi newspapers or watch Saudi TV, so I really don't know how he decided nobody in Saudi Arabia opposed it. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll leave it there because we could be talking about this for a long time. Um, and uh, well, let's keep going in the uh, Saudi Arabia news segment. Do you have anything else, or should we move to uh, lighter French side of the discussion? You, there's a lighter French side. Yes, you're gonna we're laugh at this one. You're to we talk about the same people who uh, who beheaded forty thousand people. <laughs> you always come back to that. It it was a long time ago. <laughs> ah, so it was okay because it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember. There's one very hilarious news article. I just don't remember what it was. I, I had it here, but I I shut off my safari browser because apparently that was the one that was some for some reason from time to time uh, taking the processor out and uh, hurting Weird. the volume <laughs> well yeah. uh, there's one news article I didn't uh, mention which was big in the Arab world so I'm just going to cover it quickly yep. uh, there was a murder a uh, few months ago in Dubai where this famous uh, pop star female artist was murdered and they went around and it fell down that it's a member of the ruling government in Egypt and a big businessman was behind it and judgment What? just came back last week that he was guilty and his papers were sent to, to look into whether he get the death penalty but wait what why did he do it You mean he hired an love. assassin or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. He was in love and she refused to, to look at him and he decided to kill her. And did they catch the assassin or? Yeah, he was uh, an ex-officer of the Egyptian police who works as a uh, private security officer at a five-star hotel in Cairo. That's weird and disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's uh, the biggest uh, one of the big news that apparently I forgot. Yeah, we haven't heard about this at all. Yeah. So. Uh, big uh, one big news here in Saudi Arabia. It's not funny, but this is a big news here and locally. Uh, we've been having a part of Saudi Arabia which is uh, about northwest of the holy city of Medina. Uh, there's an old volcano there. And for the last few weeks, there were a lot of earthquakes in that area, the biggest reaching 5.4 on the Richter stake scale. And that entire area has been evacuated by the government and everybody were put into temporary housing outside that area. Hmm. 
and people are still waiting to see whether that uh, volcano is going to erupt or not. The last time that volcano erupted was about 700 years ago. And the the government is prepared. In ca well, actually, if you're already if you've already evacuated the the area, yep, they so. they evacuated everybody already. So, wow, I, I feel like this is the uh, Saudi Arabia special. <laughs> this episode is uh, like half Saudi Arabia. We still um, need to make a special on Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's true. We maybe we should. Um, I'll think about it. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's let's move on to my uh, only French story. We have a couple, but uh, I think this one is the most the one that's going to be uh, make people laugh and cry at the same time. Um, in case you don't know, there's been a a big uh, student movement that's been going on for a few months now in France because uh, the government is proposing a. a um, uh, reform of the university uh, system in France. Mostly it has to do with uh, universities being more independent, like uh, owning their own buildings and uh, being based more on uh, teachers' achievements and maybe teachers being judged by the students and uh, things like that. You don't and have that already? No, we don't. It's a very monolithic uh, entity. Universities are very uh, state-like and they're sort of slow. And the, the idea behind this being that you can't have, uh, well, I'm not going to get into it too much, but it, it's, it's the old way of doing it. And uh, the government is trying to, to modernize it. And of course, with the modernization, the concerns of, you know, teachers not being able to do their job properly because they're going to be judged by the the students and there it covers a lot more ground than just this but it's sort of emblematic of the reform um and and the ironic thing is that a lot of um uh, uh heads of universities uh agree that it's mostly good uh but a lot of teachers and students are unhappy with the change and they've been on strike for a long time and uh, uh it's become it, it's been good and bad at the same time some people have been saying that uh, a minority of people have been blocking the access to to the universities the universities have been closed for a good part of the last uh, three months or so and um Anyway, the, the point is, now we're getting to the time uh, of the year where you have exams for university students. So you're supposed to take your exams, except to take your exams, you're uh, supposed to have been studying for the past few months. And since they haven't been studying, they, uh, the, 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 the people who are on strike are very unhappy now because they want the exams to be delayed or to be held differently or, well, they're in a pickle because they can't really take their exams or if they do take their exams, everyone is going to know that this year is the year that the exams were worth nothing because, you know, maybe the teachers were more lenient because they didn't study for three months or stuff like that. So it's a whole big issue, or it was at least in the past couple of weeks. And I found it a little bit ironic because, you know, you were the guys who wanted to go on strike 
and now you're not happy because you actually had the strike. So what exactly did you expect? I was wondering also what you thought of that. Uh, what did they expect? <laughs> okay, so I guess you're uh, practical <laughs> on that matter. Well, yeah, it's funny. Hey, you asked me for my opinion. That, no, that's no, exactly it's true. What it's, I, that, it's, honestly, that's exactly what I thought. What did they expect? It's it's pretty much what happens in in all uh, strike situations because. Uh, when when uh, workers go on strike, uh, I'm curious how things go. Well, actually, you don't have strikes in, in Saudi Arabia. But um, did you know that when workers go on strike in France, the first thing they negotiate to end the strikes is to have all their days of strike paid by their employers. And what? that's 90% of the time it's, it's accepted. What? Yes. So I thought that would be a nice tidbit of information for you there. God, you French people are so spoiled <laughs> brats. <laughs> I saw a, a, a study by Forbes um, that states that France indeed has the highest amount of tax in the world. So that made me happy. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. There are a couple of other stories uh, uh, that came out of, of France, mostly uh, having to do with a uh, new law that should enhance the security uh, in the country that were... Hey, hey, that, that I got... remember something about France. Oh, my God, what are you going to say? I can't believe you actually passed the three strikes law on the Internet. Yes, that was... I know. Don't get me started on this. It I can't happened. believe you actually passed that law. Okay, so since you're bringing it up, uh, for people who don't know, I guess most of you will already have heard of this, but uh, we have a law, a law now in France that states that uh, there is a uh, non well a governmental slash independent body that uh, the copyright holders can appeal to if they think that someone using a certain IP. Uh, is pirating their uh, the the, cop the the material they hold the copyright to, and that governmental body will issue a request to the ISP to um, first issue a warning to the holder of that uh, IP address, second another warning, and third time for the third offense will have his internet access cut off completely. And the, 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 the real problem here is that all this happens without the involvement on, of any legal proceeding. Uh, it's not a court judge that uh, issues the order. It, it, nothing of that sort happens. And if you want to appeal the thing, you can, but only once your internet access has been uh, uh, cut off. And the other thing is you, you're still paying for the internet access while you do that. And if you want to absolve yourself of any wrongdoing or anything, you have the choice to install a software, a, a, a sort of a spy software that is yet to be de determined or written or anything that will record everything you do on the internet and you can send the report to the, this uh, authority to prove that you didn't do anything wrong. So there's so many wrong things with this that I don't even get me started, but yes, it did pass. Seriously, and uh, Seriously Patrick? 
your French people have to decide whether you want to be socialist or, or capitalist. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I guess it is a, a, a difficult choice we have to make. But this is... So, so this is a very ultra-capitalistic law. In a country where you get free medication, free education, and you pay, what, 12 euros for a month pass to movies? <laughs> well, I, I would argue that it's not capitalistic. It's, it's protecting the interest of an industry via uh, legislation, which is nothing, uh, which is absolutely not capitalistic. Uh, so. It is capitalistic when there's no legal thing behind it anybody any company can just go and complain and get you warning uh maybe yeah i guess but they don't even need to prove it well it's the government protecting the companies which is yeah but know. the company uh, sends their uh, request and they don't even need to prove anything yeah, which is they just send say well this ip is stealing and that's yeah. it i agree um yeah it, it's a big but now it's passed and the 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 thing in the end is that it's people not... People are getting closer and closer to becoming like Saudi Arabia, apparently. <laughs> so I wonder whether we should move forward, because apparently everybody else in the West is moving backwards, so why bother? Well, you know, within a few years, this kind of thing is not going to matter anyway, because these dying business models are not going to survive. And aren't, you know. isn't that law also going against a European law? Absolutely. The the Europe uh, European uh, Parliament, if I'm not mistaken, voted a law a couple of weeks before we did vote this one. Uh, they voted a law that you cannot cut off the internet access of any citizen without legal proceedings. And yeah, because so, basically they labeled it as a utility. Yes, which is a luxury. Yeah, which is so obvious that you know I I, I used to joke that you could. Um, you know, they used the uh, they used electricity to fire up that co that computer that they pirated with. Why not cut the electricity also? And um, uh, don't give them any ideas, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there are similar laws being discussed in in different countries, and uh, so it might be coming to uh, other countries soon. I know that uh, a, th a thing like that was being discussed in New Zealand, maybe in Australia, and even in the US. So, uh, yeah, we gave you uh, pretty cool ideas. Uh, the US it will never pass. Oh, you never know. The uh, no. the lobbies uh, are pretty pretty uh, not, strong. Not 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 the version that you have. It might pass, but it has to be through legal things. But without even going through a court. Yeah. I doubt it will ever pass in the U.S. All right, let's move on to something else. Um, the the well, let's speak very briefly about this law that that was uh, uh, proposed in France, which is the LOPSI. And the reason I'm talking about it is because a lot of uh, bloggers in France are are talking about it in in the suit of this uh, three strikes law, and they're saying that it's even worse. And the the, the part of the law that is uh, uh, that they are taking issue with is the part that allows the police to uh, to bug computers for suspects of illegal activities the same way that the police has the right to bug let's say an apartment or a phone line or something like that and I don't really understand what the outrage is because 
I think the police should be allowed, you know, should have the tools do, to do, do police they work. have to get the permission from a court first or yes. they can just do it whenever they feel like it? No, they have to get permission from a court, which is of course one MCM thing that I Yeah, exactly. That was my exact I mean the reason why I had a problem with this three strikes law was it that it was going it was happening outside of the legal system. And if you know this uh this Lopsy 2 law is actually uh has you know some balance and they actually have to prove their case to a judge uh then i don't have an issue with it so that was the other thing all right you know what we're nearing on an hour here so uh let's move to the conclusion of the show and I have a comment that I, I want to uh, talk about also. And that comment was uh, sent to me via email by Vincent. Uh, he referred to uh, a comment I made on, on the latest show, on the, the show before this one, about uh, confusing the Christian right and the, the Catholic right. Um, I said that uh, the, Christian, uh, uh, the Christian right... Um, should uh, look at the Pope as the head of the church and that it would be, um, you know, hypocritical of them to disregard the, uh, the, the, the comments of the Pope that, that the Pope would make and pick and choose uh, what the Pope would say because, in effect, the Pope was uh, the head of the church. And he pointed out very clearly that... Uh, the, the, that Catholicism is a denomination of the Christ, Christian faith, and there are many different uh, denominations that do not, in fact, consider uh, the Pope as head of their denomination. And he said that he was uh, uh, one of those uh, part of one of those uh, denominations. So um, I, I agree with what he's saying. Uh, maybe I was uh, uh, misspeaking when I was uh, doing this generalization but the point that i was making was uh the, the the fact that a lot of people were choosing what they wanted to believe in their faith you see a lot of people who decide well i don't really like the idea of hell so i'm gonna decide that this doesn't exist it was in that um in that uh, vein that my comment was made. So maybe it wasn't completely accurate uh, in, the, in that specific, uh, in the way that I phrased it. Um, so I was, uh, my idea was that it was somewhat hypocritical of the people to pick and choose what they wanted uh, out of their faith. And I also responded to him by saying that it was sort of weird to, of me to say that because in a sense, not being hypercritical and taking your faith faith very literally uh, leads to might lead to religious extremism. But uh, yeah, so I, I I'm not going to go farther than so that. So basically, you're calling yourself a hypocrite. Myself? How how yeah. how am I calling myself a hypocrite? You're complaining that people uh, don't follow their religion right, while at the same time you want them to question their religion and not follow it right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I got you on this one. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not complaining that they're not following it right. I'm just pointing out the fact that <laughs> if you want to choose what you, 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 you believe in and what you don't believe in, it's a little bit uh, hypocritical. 
Uh, just forget them. The Catholic Church is too busy having sex with boys. Oh, what did you get me into? <laughs> We're going to get 20 more comments from, from people like CJ who, who, who want to say things about uh, Saudi Arabia and Islam. Dude, I'm trying my best to get your blog busy. I want you to get <laughs> loads of comments on that thing. You have to be controversial and say something hey. stupid or idiotic or crazy. You know what? I think... I think that the powers that be are unhappy with you because your sound just went right back to that uh, huge static thing that, that pollutes the sound. What powers, powers? I, I can't hear you anymore, man. What I think powers, it's powers? Like I mean, like I mean, I'm going to hang up and call you again. I'm going to hang up. Okay, that's better. At least time it wasn't from me. I'm sure of that. All right. Well, you know what? I think that's the end of the show. Um, and uh, unless you have something else, I think we can close it up here. Yeah. There's this, um, uh, I'm, I'm 32. I'm single. I'm in Saudi Arabia. So any girls interested, just see mainly. But you're going <laughs> to you're gonna have the, the religious police on your ass. <laughs> I'll make sure to, to transmit your, the, the, the emails uh, to you. And uh, if you want to, to uh, express your interest in this wonderful young man that Turkey is, uh, you can send an email to phileas at frenchspin.com. You can also uh, go to the blog. The blog is... Uh, thephiliusclub.com and you will be redirected and you can leave comments and things like that and uh, you can follow Mr. Turkey on Twitter at um, Saudi twitter.com slash Saudi is where you can find uh, all the interesting things he talks about all day long you can hey we have a tweet up this Thursday in Riyadh Right, you've been organizing these uh, tweet-ups. That's the second one, right? Yeah, this is the second one. How many people were at the first one? Uh, I believe there were about 24 men. Wow. And that's two women. Cool. Two women? What is, yeah. Is that allowed? No, we were segregated. So oh, okay. Women so were in the family section. We were in the single section. Unfortunately, we cannot mix. I prefer it mixed. Well... Maybe maybe uh, when you visit uh, me in Paris, we can have something like that. Yeah, we should. <laughs> All right. So uh, twitter.com slash Saudi if you want to uh, participate in the next tweet up. Twitter.com slash NotPatrick if you want to follow me. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks a lot for listening, folks. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs>